discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow, you're welcome to our Sunday morning service. I know you have been enjoying yourself. We just had a very powerful praise session. It was glorious. It was beautiful. Hallelujah. And uh, this morning, I want to continue sharing concerning what to do with the first coming. Hallelujah. Shall we share a word of prayer before we start? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for great grace that has ministered to us even as we hear your word. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who is leading and guiding us in every single statement. Thank you for the ministry of the Spirit and the ministry of the word this morning. Thank you that our hearts and our minds are engrossed in your word. Thank you that your word means so much to us this morning and causes us to have some transfigurations and some transformations in our lives. Thank you that the level of glory we are on changes to another level altogether because of this word that is coming to us this morning. In a name that every single thing responds to, even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow, it's my singular honor to be coming away once again. This morning, it's always a privilege to share the word of God with you. And no two meetings are the same. Every meeting has its own package. Every meeting has its own divine grace that God distributes to his children. So always remember to attend every service with, with a bubbly hat, with a hat full of joy, because your level is going to change. You're going to increase you're going to receive more grace to be more effective, to be more focused and do what God has called you to do, to grow as God will have you. Hallelujah. You know, so I was sharing concerning um, the very first thing that we ought to do with the first coming, which is to awaken to the fatherhood of God, isn't it? Awaken to the fatherhood of God. Awaken to the reality of your rights in Christ. Awaken to the reality of Christ in you. And awaken to the reality of you in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we've shared so many things already. I can say so many things about it over and over and over and over again. But I think what we said so far is good enough for you to meditate on and um, chart a course of enjoying the life that God has given to you by virtue of Jesus' death on the cross, his burial and resurrection. Hallelujah. Don't let that go waste. Don't let what Jesus did go waste. Decide that you live the way he wants you to live. You know, and it's, it's a personal thing. Most of the time we have, you find yourself in a church, in church, and you find yourself in a group, you know, and you feel that, oh, this person is on this level. We compare ourselves with each other. Instead of becoming um, an inspiration for others, we prefer comparing ourselves and competing with others, you know, oh, this person is on this level, I'm on this level, so I'm okay. No, God wants you to become very big. Don't look at the group's performance and decide that, oh, I'm okay. 
Live the way God wants you to live. Go as far as God will have you go. Because your calling is different from the other person's calling. And what God wants you to do is different from what the other person is supposed to do. Okay, so be inspired. Let the word of God inspire you. Okay? Let the word of God inspire you. And decide for yourself that I'm going to be big, I'm going to be great because of what Jesus did for me. It's a personal decision that you make. And something you personally focus on and attend to. Hallelujah. So this morning, I want to share with you concerning the second thing that um, you need to do with the, the first coming of our Lord. Hallelujah. And the second thing is to awaken to the importance of your spiritual growth. Awaken to the importance of your spiritual growth. Awaken to the importance of your spiritual growth. Comma. Being conscious of the day of your presentation to the Lord. Being conscious of the day of your presentation to the Lord. Awaken to the importance of your spiritual growth. Being conscious of the day of your presentation to the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, we are born again as babes in Christ. Immediately we come into the Lord. We are born again as babes. And we are expected to grow. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Let's read from verse 1. 1 Peter 2, from verse 1. It says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings. Verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Have you seen it? As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. He wants you to grow. And he shows you what to do in order to grow. He says, lay aside. Go back to verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice. Let's read the Amplified so that we understand what he's talking about. So be done with every trace of wickedness, depravity, malignity, and all deceit and insincerity, pretense, hypocrisy, and grudges, envy, jealousy, and slander, and evil speaking of every kind. You know, you can't grow in the Lord if you don't lay these things aside. I was discussing this, my wife was discussing this with me uh, about, I think maybe two or three weeks ago, how important it is to make up your mind concerning your growth in the Lord and make up your mind concerning putting some things aside. Because if you don't put some things aside to focus on the word, it's not going to work. There are a lot of Christians who want to keep up with certain songs and keep up with a certain, you know, type of life. And yet they want to grow in the Lord. It doesn't work like that. If you want to have, um, even physically speaking, if you want to have a certain body type, if you want to, I don't know if you've watched some of these um, series on, uh, on uh, I think it's one of these TV stations on DSTV, uh, my, my 600 LB life. We have people who are 600 pounds and above, big guys and big ladies, you know, who are put on diet and given a certain, you know, shadow in order to reduce and come back to normal because they are on their way to death. They are going to die if they don't do something about it. They've been on this particular road, on this particular course for a very long time, this particular lifestyle for a very long time. They've been eating all kinds of things, pizza, anything they can grab. 
you know, eating it on a daily basis. Junk food, restaurant food is not for everyday eating. Amazingly. You know, someone says, I want to be rich so that I'll be able to eat in the restaurant every day. That's junk food. You're supposed to eat your home food, home cooked food. <laughs> you know, and they are taking through a course to help them reduce and become healthy. Same thing with spiritual growth. You need to lay certain things aside. You are told to put some things aside and start picking other things aside. You cannot grow if you don't lay some things aside. So he shows you what to lay aside. It is be done with every trace of wickedness, depravity, malignity, and all deceit and insincerity, pretense, hypocrisy, and grudges, envy, jealousy, and slander, and evil speaking of every kind. Then he says, as newborn babes, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So God desires for you to grow. God wants every child of God, every one of his children, to grow spiritually. There's something called spiritual growth. If you read in um, James chapter 1, a similar thing is written in James chapter 1, verse 21. It says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. So every time he talks about the word of God or growth or getting better, he tells you to consciously lay certain things aside. Decide that I'm not going to go along this line. I'm going to go along the line of the word and start allowing the word of God to have a certain kind of influence over you by having your mind on the word consistently. The Bible says he shall keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. He wants to keep your mind on his word. So look at this in the Amplified. James 1.21. He says, so get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. You see, he's mentioning wickedness here. Wicked behavior. Can you imagine? Thinking terribly about other people. Talking bad about other people. Having... Uh, uh, <laughs> our pastor is a Christian Al-Qaeda. You know, he says, get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And in a humble, gentle, modest spirit... Receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your heart contains the power to save your souls. And the salvation of your soul is actually what comprises spiritual growth. When we say growing up spiritually, we are talking about the changing of your soul or the saving of your soul. I've spoken about this a lot of times. It is the salvation of the soul that causes your growth spiritually because our spirits do not grow. Immediately become born again, your spirit man is perfect. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. God creates perfect things. Your spirit man is perfect. He makes you a new creature, gives you a new spirit. And that spirit is complete. But that spirit is found in a body that has a soul that is not saved. So your soul is not saved, your body is not saved. So your soul must be saved over a period. And the salvation of your soul is allowing the word of God to come in to change the way you think. And that comprises your spiritual growth. When you start thinking differently, when you start, you allow your thoughts to change and your thoughts start affecting your body and the way you act, then we know that you're growing up spiritually. That's what spiritual growth comprises of. I don't know if you understand. So it says, receive the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Which is able to save your souls. If you read in 1 Peter chapter 1, let's read from um, verse 4. 1 Peter 1 from verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that faith and not that we reserved in heaven for you. Verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be viewed in the last time. Which salvation is this? The salvation of the body. 
Next verse, verse 6. Then it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, it says, Whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then verse 9 is what I want you to see. It says, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Receiving the end of your faith or receiving the completion of your faith or the result of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. He wants your soul to be saved. He wants you to start thinking differently. He wants your mind to conform to what is written in his word. He wants your mind to conform to what is inside your spirit now. And the more you start thinking along the lines of the word, the more you grow spiritually. That is spiritual growth. When your thinking pattern is different, your responses are different. Do you see? Huh. That is what we mean when we say spiritual. It's not about speaking certain kinds of tongues or speaking the tongues with a certain in the middle. That's not what, that's not what spiritual growth means. It's not eloquence. It's, it's, not, it's not even change of character. No, it's change of your mind, how you think. How you think. How do you think? What are your responses to your circumstances, the circumstances around you? Is it the same as the word? That's what he's talking about. Hallelujah. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, you see another one there. So we are saved, spiritually speaking, we are saved in our spirits, we are saved. But then we are undergoing, our souls are being saved. And then our bodies shall be saved. We know this, right? It says, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Verse 39. Then it says, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So there's something called the salvation of the soul. And the salvation of the soul is actually the growth, your growth spiritually. So when we say spiritual growth, we are not talking about your spirit man growing. No. We are talking about your soul changing to suit or developing to suit what is in your spirit or what is in the word. Because as far as God is concerned, your spirit man is perfect, is complete. And what is in your spirit must come out. I, I think probably I should show you, there's a video, uh, Andrew Omar talks about it, or probably we'll just share it um, amongst us. We'll find a way of getting it across to you. Very important. It helps you understand even some more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, God is expecting you to grow. And the second most important thing is to awaken to the importance of your spiritual growth. Because your spiritual growth will make all the difference in your life. On that day, you see, it will make a difference in your life today and it will make a difference in your life on that day when you stand before the Lord. You see, because there's a day of your presentation. The day we stand before the Lord is the day of our presentation. Every child of God is going to be presented to Jesus. You see, and he's expecting to be presented to him on that day as a matured son of God. That is what the euthesia is all about. The adoption of sons is all about. I remember sharing with you concerning the adoption of sons. We are born as his biological children, but then we must grow, you see, to become his sons who reign in his stead. And that growth is your spiritual growth. Please, do you understand what I'm saying? So, in Romans chapter 14, verse 10, look at Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Just, but why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at not thy brother? 
Then he says, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The word we shall all, okay, is a word present, to present. In other words, on that day we shall be presented before the Lord. On that day. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, Paul says, I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So on that day, you are to be presented as a chaste virgin to Christ. You don't marry a two-year-old. Can you marry a two-year-old? No. You can betroth a two-year-old, but after the betrothal, the two-year-old must grow onto maturity before he can be given out in marriage. Child marriages are terrible, and every country is against it. There are many tribes in Africa that accept many tribes in Europe that accept it, but it's not supposed to be like that. And there are organizations that are fighting against it to make sure it doesn't continue. Hallelujah. Jesus does not want to marry a child. He wants to marry a matured person. He wants to marry a matured bride, not a bride that is not matured. So Paul says, I am jealous over you with godly jealousy because I've espoused you to one husband so that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ, as a chaste virgin, a pure virgin to Christ on that day. So on that day, we'll be presented to him as pure virgins. Okay, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Look at Ephesians 5, 25. These husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. For what purpose? Next verse, verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Next verse that he might present it, the church, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Have you seen it? So he says he gave himself for the church so that he can cleanse it and sanctify it with the word of God, the washing of water by the word, for the purpose of cleansing the church so that he might present the church himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That connotes the idea of a chaste virgin. So he's going to present his bride to himself, a chaste virgin. But Christ has not, you see, in this particular place, you think that it's Jesus who will be presenting us to himself. No, it's not Jesus who will be presenting us to himself. It's because we are so one with Christ in the church. That's why he uses this particular language. You know? But in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 2, if you remember, Paul said that I am going to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ, isn't it? So actually on that day, Jesus is going to allow us to present each other to him for the purpose of our marriage. To him. Hallelujah. So there are people, for instance, I'm a preacher. All those that I'm growing in the Lord, directly and indirectly, will be presented by me on that day. The ones that the other pastor is also growing and raising in the Lord will be presented by the pastor on that day. So there's a day of presentation, and Jesus will be looking out for matured sons and matured daughters of Christ. People who have allowed themselves to grow, they are the ones who marry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you can't marry a child bride. It doesn't work. If you are not ripe or matured on that day, you have to uh, be taken through some classes for you to become matured. You see. Hallelujah. So it's important to grow, okay? Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. So don't just be born again and just be coasting around in the system. You know, getting all the cliches. You just have the cliches of Christianity, but you've not really grown as you're supposed to. 
the way you were thinking five years ago is the same way you are thinking today. Your responses to situations is the same way, or even worse. <laughs> Hallelujah. Colossians 1.27, it says, To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You remember the scripture? Yeah. Verse 28. Then it says, Whom we preach, Christ, the hope of glory, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Have you seen it? Yeah. It says, we preach Christ, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom so that we may present every man. You see, the same word is showing up here, present. And I told you the same word that is, is, is used for we shall all in, in Romans chapter 14, verse 10. We shall all stand before him. On that day, someone will bring you to the Lord. Nobody approaches the judgment seat of Christ on his own. You are brought by whoever cultured you and whoever raised you to that particular place. That's why Paul said that I, as a wise master builder, has laid the foundation. Then he says, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. You see, he was talking about the other people who are just like him. Preachers or people who are helping others grow in the Lord. Hallelujah. So on that day, we'll have people presenting people. We'll have people presenting people. First Peter chapter 5, verse 1. Look at First Peter 5, 1. Then we'll come back to this, okay? First Peter 5, 1. The elders which are among you are exhort, who am also an elder. This is Peter writing. And a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Verse 2. Then it says, feed the flock of God, which is among you. Taking the oversight thereof. He's showing you what constitutes taking care of someone and helping someone grow in the Lord. This he says, you the elders which are in the church, or those who are teachers, those who are helping others grow, the leaders. He says, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Verse 3. It says, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. Next verse. Then it says, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. So all those who assisted others to grow in the Lord will get a reward. That is how important it is to the Lord. Our growth in the Lord is so important to the Lord that he introduces himself as shepherd, chief shepherd. He introduces himself as chief shepherd. And shepherding has to do with helping somebody, raising someone for the Lord. You must be so conscious of your upbringing, your spiritual upbringing, your spiritual growth. Don't just be there. Grow up spiritually. I'll show you factors that will help you grow spiritually. Things to take notice of that will help you grow. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19. It says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Have you seen it? Paul says that my joy is your presence. He was talking to the Thessalonian church. He says that my joy and crown of rejoicing is you in the presence of our Lord at his coming. So Paul was conscious of the fact that he was going to present the Thessalonian church to Jesus Christ on that day. Have you seen it? Present them how? Present them perfect as a chaste virgin. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 13. 2 Corinthians 1, 13 to 14. He says, For we write none other things unto you than what you read or acknowledged, and I trust you shall acknowledge even to the end. Verse 14. As also you have acknowledged us in part, 
that we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as much as I'm presenting you, you are also going to present me. In other words, when I'm, pre- when I'm presented on that day and I'm receiving my crowns, you should start rejoicing because you know that if my pastor or my leader or my deacon or my elder is receiving rewards, me too, I'm going to get my rewards. Yeah. It's a show, it's an, a sign that you were in the right company yeah. and that you were raised right. He says that, as also you have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are ours, our rejoicing in the day of the Lord Jesus. Can you imagine? So, this is something you should not joke about. It's so important. It's so important. God will be checking. Christ will be checking whether you grew up. Whether you are someone who can rule and reign with him. Or you are not. And it's all dependent on your growth. Growing in the Lord. Growing in the Lord. Deciding that I'm going to grow in the Lord. Hallelujah. Go to Colossians 1 once again. We were reading verse 28 into 29. Let's read 28. Colossians 1, 28. It says, Christ whom we preach... Warning every man. Have you seen it? It says, we warn every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect. He wants to present every man perfect. It's not just a presentation. We must present every man perfect. The word perfect is matured, fully grown, complete. The word is teleosis. It means one who is living the way heaven lives on earth. That's what it means. One who is living just like Christ, outwardly, on earth. Can you imagine? That's what it means. Hallelujah. So it's not just a day of presentation. It's a day of presenting every man perfect. So in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, there was a guy, look at it, Colossians 4, 12. There's a guy called Epaphras who was so conscious of this particular thing. He says that Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of, of Christ, saluted you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. This is always laboring for you, so that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God on that day. Right from here to that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you have to grow. Be conscious of the fact that you are going to be presented on that day. How are you going to be presented? Are you going to be presented with blame? Or without blame. Paul was so conscious of that particular thing. Let me show you. In God's will, God's will is that you are presented to him on that day without blame. Fully matured. Perfect in him. That's God's desire. So if you read in places like Ephesians chapter 1. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 4. Ephesians 1, 4. It says, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be what? Holy and without blame before him. In love, on that day, he says, he has chosen us in him so that before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That's his desire. Holy and without blame. No blame before him in love on that day. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. Colossians 1, 21 to 23. It says, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. Next verse. In the body of his flesh, through death, then he says, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Have you seen it? Yeah. He wants to present you to himself holy. Remember, who's going to do the presentation? Is it the Lord? The one who raised you is the one who's going to present you. Is it seen as the Lord, but it's actually the one. I've showed it to you. Yeah. Huh. So he says, in the body of his flesh, through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Next verse, verse 23. 
If you continue in the faith, gone and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. I don't know if you have seen the condition he's, he's adding to it. He says, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So he, he, he wants to present you holy and unblameable, but then he says that you must continue in faith, continue in the gospel that you have heard. Allow the word of God that you are hearing to change you, allow it to do something to you. Don't just hear and go. Allow it to change you. Allow it to transform you. That's why he says, put aside all the things that will distract you and receive the word of God with humility, which will transform your soul, which will save your soul for your own benefit. So that on that day, when you stand before him, the first thing he will say to you, there's, there's a difference between well done, thou good and faithful servant. We are judged as servants, but we are made kings, okay? We are placed as sons on that day. On that day, Jesus will be placing us as sons, as his perfected bride on that day, which is separate from our work. Please, you understand? It's completely separate. Let me show you some more. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you seen it? It says, I'm praying that the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God, your whole spirit and your whole soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning that there are some that will be found with blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because they never allow the word of God to change them. They never allow the word of God to cause them to grow, to increase. Oh, so concerned. You know, so concerned on several locations. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. From verse 12. I was so concerned about this particular thing that I'm telling you about. So when we say grow up in the Lord, grow up spiritually, make sure you're growing. You know, study the word, grow, pray, do this and do that. It's not because we don't have anything to do and we are trying to engage you in, with activity. No, we are trying to help you grow. Sometimes you see a pastor so concerned about his congregation or some of the people in his church, you know, and trying to help them correcting them, reproving them, showing them what to do and all of that. And to them, it's a bother. Yeah. You don't have an idea that on that day you'll be presented. He's going to be presenting you and he's conscious of it. He's conscious of it. Okay, keep your finger here. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Let's read verse 17. Now, I've been saying that someone will present you on that day and you, you, are, you are wondering, is, is this true? Go to Hebrews 13, 17. He says, obey them that have the rule over you. That is your teachers. And submit yourselves for they work for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Let's read the Amplified. You understand it some more. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, continually recognizing their authority over you, for they are constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare as men who will have to render an account of their trust. They will have to render an account of their trust. If God is so conscious of some people rendering account of their trust of the people he's given to them because the children of God is heritage, then the heritage must know that they must grow. Please, you understand? Yes. <laughs> As men who have to render an account of their trust, do your part to let them do this with gladness and not of sighing and groaning, for that will not be profitable to you either because your pastor can give up on you and say, it's okay, take yourself. Yeah, yeah we've, had, we've had that. It's okay, you can give account of yourself on that day. You are not part of the people I'll be giving an account for. Maybe you present yourself on that day. Yes. 
you must submit yourself for spiritual growth. For you to be helped to grow appropriately. For your vision to be properly shaped. Because there are a lot of Christians who have foolish visions. Visions that are away from the will of God completely. You must be helped to come into the will of God. Says Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of the Lord, is always laboring fervently that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Perfect and complete in all the because Epaphras knew he was going to give account for them. Sometimes it doesn't even make sense why we have to pray for church growth. Because you have to give account for so many people. So many people. James chapter 3, verse 1. Look at James 3, 1. All these are not part of my nose. I'm just bringing them up. The Holy Spirit is bringing them up. He says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Let's read the Amplified. <laughs> Maybe you didn't get it. Not many of you should become teachers, self-constituted censors and reprovers of others, my brethren. For you know that we teachers will be judged by a higher standard and with greater severity than other people. Thus, we assume the greater accountability and the more condemnation. Have you seen it? All those who are in the place of teaching, who have been destined by God, raised by God to do what I'm doing, for instance, I'm going to give account for what I'm doing. Amazing. Yes, I'm going to give account. It's not fun. It's not something that it's like you wear a nice suit and come and stand there. No. Am I saying what God wants me to say at this time? He says that he must give meat in due season. Wow. Like I was saying, Paul was so conscious of it. You're so conscious of what I'm telling you, whether the people are growing. So in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, look at Philippians 2, 12. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, be interested in your, the salvation of your soul. That's what it's talking about. Be interested in the salvation of your soul. Decide to grow. Decide to grow. Let's read the Amplified. I don't know if the Amplified will give us some clarity. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions, so now not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent, work out, cultivate, carry out the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust, with serious caution, Tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Wow. I don't know if you're seeing it. Go to the next verse, King James. Verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. As for God, he's always working in you. He's always working. It is God who is at work in you, both to will. If you notice, you know that there's, there's a working inside. When you are going to the wrong place, he says he would he tells you from within. You know it. You know it. And with teaching, you are taught how to respond to the voice of God within you, even some more. And it becomes your responsibility after you've been taught to take actions that will help you grow as you're supposed to. Because after we've taught you the word, we will not be in your room when the temptation comes. We will not be in your room when the challenge comes. We will not follow you everywhere. The Holy Spirit is in you, and He will teach you. He will help you. Your responsibility is to respond to him. Go to the next verse 14. Then he says, do all things without memories and disputings. Next verse. So that you may be blameless. Hmm? So that you may be what? Blameless and harmless. The sons of God without rebuke. So they are sons of God with rebuke. These are sons of God because they are sons of God who are into memory and disputings. So he says, 
do all things without memories and disputings, so that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, whom among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Verse 16. Holding for the word of life. Holding for the word of life. The next thing is what even breaks my heart. It says that, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. That I have not run in vain. Neither labored in vain. He was so conscious of it. He says, I pray. Don't murmur. Don't complain. Don't be part of those who are into memory. They are in the church. But they are always complaining. Memoring about one thing. How come the pastor has done this? How come this one? You're always trying to find a fault. You are not growing spiritually. You are, you are, you are destroying your life right there in the presence of the Lord. Because you, you've decided not to lay aside foolishness. Superfluity of naughtiness. You are not receiving the word of God with meekness. With humility so that you can grow. Don't say, is, what the, is, the, is the pastor doing what he's even preaching? Does it concern you? You also have to listen and allow it to change your life. If he is not doing what he's supposed to do, it's up to him. So Paul mentions that one too. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, let's read from verse 24. He says, I don't want to run in vain. I don't want to labor in vain. Why should all these things be in vain? For nothing. And if you remember what I just read, go back there. Let's go back there and come back to this. Philippians 2.16, it says, Holding for the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Wow. Wow. Go to um, 1 Corinthians 9.24. It says, Knowing not that they which run in a race, run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run, that ye may obtain. It says, run that you may obtain. Next verse. Verse 25. And every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. This I run my race of spiritual growth. He's talking about growing up spiritually and fulfilling, you know, with growth comes responsibility. You don't leave your you don't tell your two-year-old when you're going to work to clean the house and to wash the car and do all of those things. Why? Because he's a child. So long as you are a child, responsibility is never brought in place. So there are a lot of, the fact that a lot of children of God are not interested in working for him is a sign that they are children. As you grow up, you become interested in working for him because the more you grow, the more responsible you become. You are given responsibilities to do in his house. When you're going out and your 14-year-old is at home, you tell him, clean the house, do this and do that, and get this done. That is not going to bring him more food to the house. As for the food in the house, we have it. It's there. That's not going to bring him more water to bath or anything or increase the shelter that he has. No, all those things are there because he's a a son, he's your child. But with growth comes responsibility. You You begin to teach him how to become responsible for his own good. So that he would know what to do when he's independent. When he goes to secondary school and he's independent, he'll be able to wash his own clothes. He will not give his clothes to somebody to wash them for him. He will not wear a shirt and leave it, and then wear another shirt and leave it, and throw it away like that. No, he will learn how to wash. So he tell them, wash. Wash your clothes. I had to wash my father's clothes for a very long time. My father's clothes, my mother's clothes. I was a, I was a washer. I would wash and wash and wash and wash and wash. It was my opportunity to serve them and also to learn. 
to become responsible. You teach them responsibility by giving them tasks as they grow up. Is it true? Yeah. yeah. So God does things the same way. It's not different in the house. It's the same thing. So as you are growing, responsibility beckons. It's part of it. It's part of it. It just call, responsibility calls on to you. You are called to be responsible. He says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. I don't fight like someone who's just punching into the air. I know my enemy. I know my adversary. I know what I am. I know what I'm about. I know who my adversary is. Next verse. But I keep under my body. The word under is to beat your eye blue and black. Like to punch somebody black and blue. Do you understand? Okay. Verse 27 in the Amplified. It says, but like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships, and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved, and rejected as a counterfeit. So on that day, some people will be rejected as counterfeit. Hmm? The Greek word is adokimos. It means to be declared unqualified, not good enough. You are not matured enough. Stay here. Let the other person come. Wow. But there's something at stake, actually. Yes, we are all his bride. But they are matured bride. They are those who are matured and those who are not. And those who are not to be set aside for some time and be allowed to grow as they are supposed to. So some people have gone to heaven and come back. And I've come to talk about people undergoing extra classes in heaven. Because they never grew when they were here on earth. Their souls never changed. Some people will be disappointed when they meet God. Let's leave that for some other day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Paul was so conscious of it. So awaken to the importance of your spiritual growth. That's a point. I don't know if it's a good point. It's a good point. Awaken to the importance of your spiritual growth. Being conscious of the day of your presentation to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at Second Peter chapter 3. Verse 11. 2 Peter 3, 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? I don't know if you remember the scripture. Okay, go up. Let's go to verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Then he says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. All of the things in the world shall be dissolved. Seeing that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be? In all holy life, living, all holy living, and godliness, or godlikeness, or piety, have you seen it? Yeah. Next verse, verse, verse 12. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Next verse. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Is it true? Yeah. Next verse. Then it says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. 
Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent, be smart, be wild about your growth, be wild about your preservation, be wild about all that God is bringing to you. Please, do you understand what I'm saying? Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Without spot and blameless. Because some people will be found with spot and blame. That's why I've been asking you. Do you think the thief on the cross and Paul will be on the same level? That guy just died and left. Yeah. If we are placing sons, the levels will be different. It's not going to be the same. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know I've made you, you know, get into a somber mood. But that's the truth. There's something very important at stake. Look at Second um, Peter chapter 1. Let me just show you this. Since we are talking along this line. Let's read from verse 4. Second Peter 1 from verse 4. It says, Whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Then it says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. He's talking about growth, spiritual growth. Add to your faith, the faith that you have, virtue, excellence, moral excellence. Like be moral as a child of God. Don't be loose in your morals. You can just unzip at any time. No, he says, add to your faith, virtue. Amplify, let's be amplified. You understand even some more. For this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promise. Do you understand diligence? Diligence means hard work, hardness. Exert yourself. It is not passive. It is active. If you don't attend to it actively, if you don't attend to the word actively, it will not work in your life. That's to, to be honest with you, that's how it is. It doesn't work independent of you. After you've planted something, you water it, don't you? Yeah. Then it grows. You don't plant it and forget about it. You plant it, then you water it. You remove weeds. Deliberately, you, f- you fertilize the soil. You do all those things so that the plants can grow properly. We are plantings of the Lord. And God expects some things out of us. Hallelujah. For this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellence, resolution, Christian energy. And in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence. God wants to be intelligent. (laughs) Next verse. And in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. And exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, endurance. And exercising steadfastness, develop godliness, piety. And in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. And in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. Verse 8. Then it says, for if these things, for as these qualities, go back to Amplified. Hmm. For as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. In other words, you will not be barren. Let's read King James. King James will help. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ is what causes you to grow. He says that if you allow these things to abound in you, you will never be barren or unfruitful when it comes to the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like when you open the Bible, the Bible will jump to you. The words will jump to you. And it will mean something to you literally. And it will help your life get better and increase, cause you to increase yet more and more. So that we see a difference in your life as the years go by. 
We see the excellence of God in your life. We see the glory of God. You start displaying the virtues of God I was talking about more rampantly, easily. It comes out of you without any challenge. Next verse, verse 9. But he that lacked these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. The one who, is, who lacks these things, virtue, excellence, knowledge, brotherly love, and all of those things, he says that he is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Verse 10. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Let's read the Amplified. It's nice. Because of this, brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble or fall. So he wants you to make your calling sure. Did you call yourself? Did you elect yourself? He elected you. He chose you. But he says, make my choosing sure. I chose you. Make it sure in your life. By deciding that I'm going to grow. Like, be intentional about it. Don't have this laissez-faire type of attitude in the system. You've been in church for a long time. People have to still call you to join online. People still have to call you to be in church. No, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. After six months, nobody should be calling you. You should be on your toes. You should be inspired to be in the house of God. David said, I'll be in the house of God forever. You should be in the house of God forever. It, sh- it shouldn't be something that you are coerced to do. How come you've been born again for three years and you still have to be coerced to be in church, to pray, to read your Bible, to do all of those things? There's something wrong. You are not being diligent to make your calling and election sure. You find it easier to do foolish things than to do what God wants you to do. There's something wrong. You are not growing as you're supposed to. You'll be found a spot on that day. And you'll be found with blame on that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul was really concerned about this. So in Galatians 4.19, he prayed for the church of Galatia. He said that, My little children, for whom I travail in birth again, unto Christ be formed in you. My little children, of whom I travel in birth again unto Christ be formed in you. He was praying for Christ to form in them, for Christ to grow in them. Can you imagine? Christ is in them, but he's praying that Christ will be formed in their souls so that Christ will move from their spirit, not just their spirit, but will dwell in their hearts. So in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 15, look at Ephesians 3, 15. There are so many prayers, Pauline prayers, for growth, for the growth of the people that he was pastoring. He was always praying for them, that they will grow yet more and more. In Philippians, he prays that they may abound yet more and more in love. You see? He says, let's read from verse 14, so it makes more sense. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Some people need to be strengthened with might by the Holy Ghost in their inner man. Yeah. Then he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, not in your spirit. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. Your heart is the junction between your spirit and your soul. That is where the word of God is sowed. Your spirit does not need the word of God. Your spirit was born of the word. Remember? First yeah. Peter 1.23 Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God that lives and abides forever. It's your spirit he's talking about. 
but your heart does not know the word. Your heart does not know the word. So he says that Jesus mentions it in, in Matthew chapter 13, from verse 18, when he was talking about the parable of the sower and explaining it. He told them that the heart of the man is the soil upon which the sower sows. He says, Here is therefore the parable of the sower. When one hears the word of the kingdom and understandeth not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. The heart is a place where the word of God is sown. When we preach to you, the word of God is successfully sown. It comes in to your heart. But what you do with it is what makes all the difference. He says that for someone, the devil comes to take the word immediately to soon. So he never, it's as though he's been in church for a long time, but it's as though he's never had anything. Because his life, his soul has not changed at all. It's the same. For years and years and years, he's been in the house of God. Yet he doesn't even know what John 3.16 says. What John, uh, uh, whatever. I mean, John, John, he doesn't know anything. Since the beginning of the year, you've not learned any new scripture. You've not had anything happening to you. Not sat down to read your Bible the whole of the year. Meanwhile, you're a child of God. I don't want to bash you. Let me just. Oh. Your heart. So he prays that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. I pray that Christ will dwell in your heart by faith. That Christ will be formed. That's what he meant when he said that Christ will be formed in you. Because the Galatian church were changing. Look at Galatians 3.1. They were changing. They were, their attitude was changing. He had been with them for some time. He had preached to them. But then when he left them, he realized that they were changing. They were becoming foolish people. So he asked them, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? The Galatian church was bewitched. Can you imagine Christians who have been bewitched? How, how possible is that? When Christ is in you, how can you be bewitched? But it's possible because you refuse to grow. Since all oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth or the word before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? Verse 2. This only would I learn of you. Receive thee the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Next verse. Verse 3. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Because the guys had stopped following the Holy Ghost. They had stopped following the word. They were now entering the law. They were allowing the law to now teach them. People had come to spy out their liberty. Some people from, and that's the problem. That's the problem. When all of a sudden, something that someone says somewhere can make a difference in your life. Because you are not growing anymore. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Look at Ephesians 4, 14. You refuse to be a child. He says that in the things of God, be a man. But in evil, be a child. Be a man when it comes to the things of God. Be a child when it comes to evil. Some people are men when it comes to evil. Show us that scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians, I think. Look for it and put it there as I read this, okay? He says that we hence not be no more children. Let's read from verse 11 so that it makes more sense. Hallelujah. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. I'm going to talk about this properly, okay? For the edifying of the body of Christ. He wants us to grow. The word edify means the upbuilding or the building up of the body of Christ. Verse 13. So we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man. Have you seen it? Yeah. 
unto a perfect man, a matured man. God wants you to mature unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Next verse, verse 14 is what I want you to see for now. Then he says, that we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in which to deceive. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Someone will come and come and say, Jesus did not come to the world. And then you believe it. He was not born of a virgin. And then it confuses you. How come you are confused? How come you've not read your Bible? How come you don't know what is in the Bible? Someone can say something terrible and you say, I think, I think it's true. What is wrong with you? It's a sign that you're a child. Christianity is from Europe. It's the white man's religion. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Have you read your Bible at all? Brothers and sisters. It says that we hence will be no more children. Tossed to and fro. And carried about with every wind of doctrine. Every wind of doctrine. Anything goes. Look at Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 9. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. It says, don't be carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that they had be established with grace. Not with meats. Which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Someone will say, oh, don't eat this. If you're a Christian, you don't eat this. You don't eat that. You don't eat that. And then, oh, we don't eat it. We don't eat that. We don't eat it. He says, listen. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Grace is what your heart needs to be established with. I commend you to God. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. That's what you need. So refuse to be a child. Listen, awaken to the reality of your growth spiritually. Your spiritual growth is so important. You must be bent on it. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. Intention, read your Bible, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day. If you want to grow. Because your growth is important. On that day, are you going to be found without blame or with blame? The judgment seat of Christ is not all rosy. It's not. It's not all rosy. Some people will be put into outer darkness. We'll talk about that as we go on. So that you see and understand. First Corinthians 14 20. It says, Brethren, be not children in understanding. How be it in malice, in foolishness, be ye children, but in understanding be men. Let's read the amplified. Brethren, do not be children immature in your thinking. Continue to be babes in matters of evil, but in your minds be mature men. Be a baby when it comes to matters of evil. Like there are Christians who are experts in evil. You know how to go about things to get what you want to get. Hey, you are matured. I won't mention anything. I've changed actually. Everybody must grow. I'm growing. I'm growing. I don't know if you've noticed I've not been saying, I've, I've, I, brother, if you grow me, I'm growing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you must grow, okay? Decide to grow. Decide not to remain a child. Decide not to remain a child. Tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 4 verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, 
meaning that there's a way to speak to spiritual people. He talks about different grades in Christianity. He talks about spiritual and talks about babes. You see. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. These guys were Christians, but they were carnal. When we say carnal, they were fleshly. They were just thinking like any ordinary man would think. Behaving like any ordinary man would behave. With the life of God in them. They weren't growing. Amplified. This, however, brethren, I could not talk to you as to spiritual men, but as to non-spiritual men of the flesh. These are people in the church. It says, I could not talk unto you as to spiritual men, but unto non-spiritual men of the flesh, in whom the carnal nature predominates. The carnal nature predominates. They are dominated by their flesh, dominated by their foolish thinking, dominated by their lust, dominated by every wrong thing you can think about. Is but as unto babes in Christ. So they are babes. Hmm? Babes who are not growing. Next verse. Next verse, verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. Like he had been trying to teach them higher things. He had been trying to bring them to another level. And they were not going. They won't move. Shan't move, won't move, can't move. Never moving. Look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Hebrews 5, 12. You'll see it some more. Paul had he encountered this problem with some of his churches, with some of his church members. Yeah, they would not grow because they didn't know the importance of it. They didn't know. So sometimes you have to warn God's children that, hey, you have to be you have a child of God who is into foolishness. Today he has done this. Tomorrow he has done this. Every news you hear about the person is that of something that is bad. I preached a message. Um, false brethren. Sports, something, something. I forgot it. What was it? Probably you should, you should listen to it. You hear about different kinds of Christians who are in church. Dangerous sons, false brethren, something. It's on the podcast. Listen to it. It's a long title. Hebrews 5.12. You see, you see, like I was saying, Paul, Paul, they didn't know. The Corinthian church, for instance, was a very stupid church. Forgive me to say. Very, very foolish church. You should read the book of Corinthians. It's serious. Paul said that the fornication that is in the church is not even named outside of the church. It's not even in the world. Even the world does not do that. But it was in that church. Yeah. He says, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes. For up until now, because you have been with them for a long time, he says, up until now, you have not changed. You could not hear it. And even now, you still can't hear it. You can imagine his frustration. He was so frustrated with them. So it is to the Corinthian church. He said so many interesting things to them. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Let's read from verse 10. Second Corinthians 5.10. He says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he has done, whether it be good or what? Whether it be good or bad. Have you seen it? Next verse. Verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord... We persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. Can you imagine? He's talking to God's and says that knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. It's as though there's some terror that is reserved, <laughs> is reserved for people who decide not to grow. I'm not the one saying it's in the Bible. When he spoke about a similar thing in Colossians chapter 1, he mentions this, we teach every man, we warn every man. We warn every man and we teach every man. 
Colossians 1.28. Christ whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom so that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Have you seen it? Yeah, he's talking to Christians. As though there's some danger somewhere. Paul talks about being hurt with the second death. Some people will be hurt with the second death. They shall be saved, but as by fire. Meaning that some people will pass through some things. On that day, I'm not the one saying it, brother. I'm not the one saying it. I'm not the one saying it. It's in the Bible. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I think verse, uh, verse 13. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Next verse. If any man's work abide, abide which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Remember, you cannot work and work well if you are not maturing. Your work is directly proportional to your maturity. Is the truth. So that servant who was a slothful servant, he said, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness. Your foot represents your walk. What I'm talking about is your walk with God. You walk before you can work. You work with your hands. 90% of all work is done with our hands. Very few people do their work with their legs. Very few. So you must walk. That represents your life with God before you can work. I had to walk from my house. Sit in a kind drive and walk from outside to the studio to be able to work with my hands. I'm working with my hands. My hands is moving. And I'm still working with my legs. He told them, bind him hand, which represents his work, because his work was not correct. And foot, which represents his walk. How are you walking with God? Are you growing? Have you come into the church and now you have friends who are into foolishness because you entered a church? Now you have friends who are not serious with God and it has affected you, so now you're also not serious with God. You are just flowing. You're just, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. You come, you come and sing and do things. You watch the video, you go away, and then you just live your life as it was before. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. Allow the word of God to change you. Allow it to change you. Allow it to change you. Refuse to be a babe. Yeah. Refuse it. Refuse it. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. This for when for the time ye ought to be teachers. This is the Hebrew. Let's, let's read up. Go to from verse 8 so that we see what he was going to talk about. He says, Though he were a son, he's talking about Jesus. Though he were a son, yet lend he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he was made what? Perfect. Do you understand? He was made perfect. In other words, he also had to grow. He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Have you seen it? Jesus had to become the author of salvation. Eternal salvation. He became. He became perfect. He says, and be made perfect. He became the author of eternal salvation. He was not. He became. He says, though he were son, yet learned he. Go up. I don't know if you are following what I'm saying. He says, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. So his life, as he was walking around in life, he had to suffer some things so that he can learn. And as he suffered and went through all the stages of his growth, he became, next verse, he says, 
and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So even Jesus had to grow up spiritually. Because Jesus' condition is not different from yours. Jesus was the word of God tabernacled in flesh, in his spirit, not in his soul. The Bible says that he was tempted in all points, as we are, yet without sin. Meaning that whatever temptation you are going through, Jesus went through. And he skipped over it. He overcame consistently. Why? You didn't know he had to learn like you and I. He had to learn the Bible, the scriptures, like you and I have to learn the scriptures, even though he was born of the word. Jesus' state and our state is not different. It's the same. He had to ask questions to be taught. He had to read. He had to be taught. So don't think that was Jesus was in a special class of his own. No. 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 He became a man. He says we are his brethren. Because we are partakers of flesh and blood, he also partook of the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You like my message? Next verse. Verse 10. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Still talking about Jesus. Then he says, of whom we have many things to say. And hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. He says, you are dull of hearing. I could not speak unto you as unto spirit. I could not explain the things concerning Christ's link to Melchizedek. Christ's priestly ministry, which is not after the order of Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek. Because the church, as he's talking about, there's no interest even. There's no interest. Sometimes we preach some things that people, they just tune off and start looking at the time. Oh, it's all this that there are people, these people are saying, don't they know that we must go and eat some banku? Why are they, why are they taking so long? For example, some people can complain about time. You know, they can complain about time bitterly. How come the church? Meanwhile, you can watch a Hindi movie for three, four hours and not complain. But when you sit in the church for an hour, two, and the preaching is going for two hours, then something is doing you. It's a sign that there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with your growth. There's something wrong. It's not our fault. It is your fault. It's your fault. Look at the Amplified. Concerning this, we have much to say which is hard to explain. Since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. Slothful in achieving spiritual insight. Wow. Look at verse 12. Oh, okay, you jump, jump to... Or should we just continue? Let's just continue. I'll talk about the other one. The other one is chapter 6. It's a long read all the way to chapter 6. It still talks about spiritual sluggishness. Let's read that one. Go to chapter 6. Let's read from verse 10 into verse 12. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto them. Let's read the Amplified. Let's read the Amplified. From verse 11. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep your finger here. Go to verse 8. Let's go to verse 8. Hebrews 6, verse 8. Go to verse, um, verse 7. Okay. It says, For the earth which drinketh in the rain, that cometh oft upon it. Let's read the Amplified. King James is too complicated. You may not understand what he's trying to say. He says, For the soil which has drunk the rain that repeatedly falls upon it and produces vegetation, 
useful for those for whose benefit it is cultivated, partakes of a blessing from God. What is he saying? All those who allow the word of God that comes to them to bear fruit in them, he says that the blessings of God rest upon them. Because if you read from verse 1, he was talking about the things that he could not see, that he would teach the church when he comes back again. Do you see? The things that they were so hard of hearing. He says, when I come back, I'll teach you these things once again. Go to verse 1, King James, and then I'll, I'll show you. I'll just abridge it for you, okay? It's a long read. I wanted to read everything to you, but for the sake of time. He says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection or to maturity. Have you seen it? Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Then he goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Have you seen it? Then, all the way to verse 7. Then he says, for the soil, this amplified of verse 7. For the soil which has drunk the rain that repeatedly falls upon it. Messages, receiving messages. And produces vegetation, allows the message that is receiving, the word is receiving, to cause him to produce results. Useful for those whose benefit is cultivated partakes of a blessing from God. Whose benefit is it for your growth? The benefit of your growth is for Jesus Christ. I don't forget it. Yeah. You are growing for the purpose of him marrying you. Yeah. It says that you shall be blessed of God. If you allow the word of God that comes to you to help you, to cultivate you for the benefit of the one who cultivates you is a partaker of the blessings of God. Next verse, verse 8. But if that same soil persistently bears thorns and thistles, it is considered worthless and near to being cursed, whose end is to be bent. Do you understand what he's saying? Do you understand what he's saying? Yeah. The one to who he's receiving the word. And instead of letting the word bring forth fruits to him, it brings forth thorns and thistles. Who eats thorns and thistles? Thorns and thistles represent the curse of the earth. Is that person is nigh unto cursing. And he's whose end is to be bent. Look at verse 10. Even though we speak this way, yet in your case, beloved, we are now firmly convinced of better things that are near to salvation accompany it when it comes to you. He says, even though I'm talking like this, when it comes to you, I'm persuaded. In your case, beloved, we are now firmly convinced of better things that are near to salvation and accompany it. Verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget or overlook your labor and the love which you have shown for his name's sake in ministering to the needs of the saints, his own consecrated people, as you still do. Verse 11. But we do strongly and earnestly desire for each of you to show the same diligence, the same hard work and sincerity all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance and development of your hope until the end. Next verse. In order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards, but imitators behaving as do those who through faith by their leaning on the entire personality on God in Christ in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness, and by practice of patient endurance and waiting are now inheriting the promises. I don't know if you can get it. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a mouthful, but I don't know if you're catching it. It says, in order that, just look at that part. In order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards, but imitators, behaving as do those. Hmm? Don't grow disinterested. Some people grow disinterested in the house of God because of one thing or the other, because of friends, because of offense, because of something. <laughs> you will grow in the Lord. Listen, pay attention to it. Okay? 
Read your Bible. Pray every day. On Wednesday, I'll show you the factors for growth. The factors for growth. If I don't finish, I'll continue. We have a long time. We're going to be talking along there. What to do with the first coming? Awaken to the importance of your spiritual growth. Because it's important. So important. That is God's utmost desire. I'll show it to you. You see, God's utmost desire. Go back to chapter 5, verse 12. He says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, he was expecting these people to be teachers. He says, You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For strong meat. Next verse, verse 13. For everyone that you said milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he's a babe. For he's a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age. The word full age is the same word perfect. Perfect. But strong belonging to them who are perfect. Which is the aim of God. Have you seen it? Mature. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Both good and evil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. But as unto babes. There's so much you lose as a babe. I mean who? doesn't want to grow? I don't know if you you, you, you realize when you were a child that you had to grow. Uh, you, you were in a hurry to grow. Yeah. When you saw your people going to secondary school from GHS, you wanted to go. Because it's like some freedom will come into your life. <laughs> when you saw them going to tertiary, university and all of that, you had desire, I want to go. When you saw them getting married, you wanted to get married. When you saw them having kids, you wanted to have kids. How come? That when it comes to spiritually, you are okay. Oh, this, this is my level. This is the level that I was born for. Who told you that's the level you were born for? I know my level. You start singing so I know my level. I know my level. What are you talking about? You have to grow. Because there's so much you are denied. You are denied so much. So much. I mean, children who eat cocoa and all of those things, Sarilak, and all, it doesn't do much for you. There's a child in my house right now, okay, a baby in my house who is five months now, and she's ready to eat any. I mean, if she sees me drinking water, she grabs the water. If she sees you eating, she wants to grab the food. Why? Because she wants to grow. It's like, how come you people are eating these things and I can't eat it? I am subject to breast milk. What is this? She wants to grow. How come you don't want to grow spiritually? How come? It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Look at Galatians 4 1. Refuse to be a child. Refuse to be a child. This now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differed nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. The heir, he's the heir, he's the inheritor of all things. But as long as he's a child, he didn't say when he's a child, he said as long as. Because some people will stay children for a long time. As long as a child differed nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Next verse. It says, But it's under tutors and governors unto the time appointed of the Father. He's under tutors. He's under the elements of this world. Next verse. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. When you're a child, you are in bondage under the elements of the world. Anything can happen to you. Some, anybody can kidnap you. You're so vulnerable. Spiritually speaking, you are so vulnerable. I tell you. The devil can do anything to you. Because you are not mature. You are not growing. You don't know about your authority in the Lord. You don't know you can stand 
and command for things to happen because you are not growing. You're always praying your prayers. Give me, give me, give me. Because my name is Jimmy. You're always praying. Give me, every time. Give me, give me, give me, give me. When God is ready and willing to work with you, oh, decide from today that when it comes to me, I'm going to grow spiritually. I'm going to grow spiritually. There are Christians who cannot be in a meeting for six hours. They cannot be in a meeting for two hours. Prayer meeting. It's finished. When is prayer? As soon as you hear prayer, you just tune off like that. But this, these things are not for us. Who is it for? Is there any portion of the Bible that is written for pastors? As you are reading your Bible, then you get a point, a big page. Then they write, for pastors only. Don't dare open it. And when you try to open it, the hand comes out of the Bible and slaps you. Pah! Is there anything like that? There's nothing like that. Everything in the Bible is for all of us. For all of us. For all of us. Nobody was born with the Bible in their hands. We must all grow. You must grow. Awaken to the importance of your spiritual growth. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 13, verse 11. God expects you to grow, I tell you. He's expecting you to grow. This is when I was a child. I speak as a child. The word child there is nepuse, an unskilled, unthought child. Unskilled, unthought, refusing to grow child. There are different words for child in the Bible. This one, and most of the one I've mentioned so far, is one who is not growing. He's, a, he's, he's having stunted growth. His growth is stunted. He's not growing as he's supposed to. Things like berry berries come into his life, spiritually speaking. He's lacking some nutrients. Kwashioko is coming in. I don't know if you know Kwashioko. Rickets. Marasmi Kwashioko. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> this, when I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. Look at that. Look at the progression. Since when I was a child, the first thing was that I spoke as a child. He talks before understanding, before thinking. Are you not supposed to think, understand before you talk? He has everything upside down, backwards. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. Then he says, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Become a man and put away childish things. There are things that are so childish, spiritually speaking. Tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Asking foolish questions. Are we supposed to worship the sun or worship the star? Because someone can say, people are saying it now. There are things, sacrifices should make to the sun. The earth can help you. The sun can help you. The moon can help you. And you believe it. It's not in the Bible. Yet you believe it. You are listening to all kinds of things. There are people you should not listen to at all. When they start preaching, you should know that there's something wrong with this. And then you put it off. But there are a lot of children of God who just keep going and going because they can see miracles. Miracles is not a sign that God is there. It's the word of God that shows that God is there. Good word of God. Not just any word. Hallelujah. So God is expecting you to grow. He is. I have so many things to share with you, but then we'll just end here. God is expecting so many things. He's expecting you to grow through his word. You know, through his word. There are many factors for growth. Expecting you to grow. Look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4 from verse 11. So Wednesday I'm going to talk about the, the six factors 
for spiritual growth. There are so many factors helping you to grow. You must be in the right family. That's the first factor. You must be in the right family. So that you can eat well. Because the next thing is food. If you are born and left on the streets, you will not get the right food to eat. You will not get food to eat even. Let alone grow. You will not get the water you are supposed to have to drink and to wash and to do all the things you are supposed to do to grow. You will not have the right uh, kind of protection that you need and require. The right shelter. So the first thing is your family. Finding the right nuclear family that will aid you in your growth. That's the first factor. The second is food. Then you continue like that. Ephesians 4.11 And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. This Jesus gave all these people for the perfecting of the saints. The word perfecting is full equipping or bringing on to maturity. He cares about it. So he gives. That's what he did. The Bible says that what is it? The one who descended is the one who ascended. Go up. Go to verse, uh, let's read from verse 10. He says, he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Let's read from verse 8. So you can understand it very well. Wherefore he said, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Have you seen it? He says, when, wherefore he said, when he ascended upon high, he did two things. He led captivity captive. In other words, all those who were captives in the land of the dead. Remember, Abraham's bosom or paradise was located in the land of the dead before Jesus came. When he died, he went there and liberated them from the land of the dead and led them into heaven. So he says that wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. That's the first, the first fruit of the resurrection, isn't it? We have Christ and then the first fruit. Remember, when Jesus came out of the graves, a lot of saints of old came out of the graves as well. That's what he's describing here. He says, wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts. Two things. He led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. He gave gifts unto men. Next verse, verse, verse 9. Now that he ascended, what is it? But he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He's talking about going to hell. First of all, before going up to heaven. Verse 10, he says, He that descended the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, so that he might fill all things. Then he says that he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. These are the gifts that he gave to the body of Christ for the purpose of teaching them so that he can fill all things. Remember, he fills all things through his church. So because you are not growing, you are denying the Lord from filling all things in your environment. You are denying him, and he's not going to take it kindly. He's going to talk to you on that day and ask you, Brother, I gave my life for you, and I asked for you to mature small. What happened? And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the build up of every member of the body of Christ. We are to grow. Listen, you cannot stay without growing. That is the aim of God. The aim of God. And the aim of God in your salvation is your maturity. 
I've shared so many things with you. Yeah. How Christ came to take away sin and all of that. This one is the fact that he came so that he might purify himself a peculiar people. Yeah. Have people who grow unto maturity. Okay? Ephesians 2, verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Next verse, verse 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. You remember this, this scripture? Yeah. Verse 21. Then it says, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. He wants the building to grow. Who is the building? You and I. He says, we must all grow together. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. So there's no stagnation in the kingdom of God. There's no, st- there's no space for stagnant growth. Stagnant waters produces bad smell. You must flow. You must grow. That's his desire. He wants us to grow, mature, build up the body of Christ. Then he says, so we all come in the unity of the faith. That's Ephesians. Back to Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 12. Verse 12 into 13. For perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13. So we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, a teleosis, a teleos, or a full-grown man. Everyone must come unto a full-grown man. Can you imagine? Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He wants us to grow just like Christ, to be like Christ. The head of the church is a 33-year-old man. The body of the church must grow to be a 33-year-old man's body. So you can't be born again and remain a two-year-old forever. How can your finger be the finger of a two-year-old? Or your whole hand, your right hand is the hand. You are 35 and your right hand is the right hand of a two-year-old. Is that correct? There's something wrong. There's something. He wants everybody to grow. Look at verse 14. I'll explain some of these things some more on, on Wednesday. I'll start from here. Then it says that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. He wants us to grow into him. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things. We may grow up into him in all things. In character, in speech, in behavior, in action, in thought, in results. He wants us to grow into him in all things. All things. Which is the head, even Christ. Next verse, verse 16. From whom the whole bodily fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied according to effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Brother, you cannot remain a child. The heir, as long as the child is not different from a servant, even though he's the Lord of all. Even though he's the Lord of all. He wants you to rule and reign with him on that day. Refuse to be a child. Awaken to that reality. Awaken to the importance of your spiritual growth. Being conscious of the day of your presentation to the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've learned something today. We'll continue on Wednesday. Lift up your hands wherever you are. Just thank God for what He has shared with you. Give Him glory. Give Him praise.
tell him I'm going to mature. I'm making a decision today that from henceforth I'll read my Bible. From henceforth I'll be into prayer. From henceforth I'll do all the things I'm supposed to do, physically speaking, to grow spiritually, to mature in the Lord, to have my soul saved, to change, to change my thought pattern, my mindset. In the name of the Lord Jesus, give him glory, give him praise. Tell him that you will be found in him without blame. Be found before him without blame in him. Standing in front of him in love, in the name of the Lord Jesus. That you be presented perfect and complete. And that you present others perfect and complete on that day. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Pray like that to the glory of God. Receive grace right now. To wake up and pray. To wake up and study. To wake up and do all the things that you're supposed to do. To pray. To be prayer conscious. To be word conscious. To be the Holy Spirit conscious. Give him glory and give him praise. Receive grace right now. Receive grace. Receive grace. Father, I pray for your children. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And I release grace. To grow. Grace. To be conscious of this fact. Grace to... Do all that we ought to do as you have designed. To be diligent. Grace to be diligent. To not be slothful and spiritual sluggards. But grace to grow. As you are expecting us to grow. Thank you, Father. We grow from one level of glory to the other. From one level of grace to the other. From one level of maturity to the other. Even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow, what a blessing. I know for a surety that you've been blessed. These teachings are for those who are children of God. That's why I'm not talking in a certain way. It's for those who are in the house, those who are in the church, those who are in the house of God. What do you do with the first coming? Now that you're born again, what do you do? That's what I'm sharing with you. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.